Are you ready? Yep, let's do it. Oh, we can take these out. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Laurent, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank How you are you today? I am very fine. Yeah, very good. same. We have Laurent on the podcast with us today. And Laurent, if you want to introduce yourself, like, wh- who, who are you? What are you? Do we, should we go by titles? No. 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 Exactly. We shouldn't. Elaborate on that. Um, titles? Um, right? Yeah, we, we really associate, like, who we are with what we do instead of who we are with what we're living through or what we're aspiring to be or, you know, being, right? We're human beings, not human doing, right? Or, like, human titles. Yeah. We try and, like, box things up and then try and control life. Yes. But really, we don't really have as much control as I think that... We'd like to think that we have. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So, like, when you meet someone, do you feel like you need to size them up right away? Because even introducing this podcast, I'm like, okay, I have to let our listeners know, like, okay, who is Laurent? But why do we have to do that? Why can't it just be like, what's up, guys? I'm with Laurent, this this being who calls himself Laurent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. Well, we can introduce the topics that we're going to talk sure, about. Sure, that makes sense. Let's talk about, first, the first topic is going to be creative arts. So mm-hmm. we're both, as we will call ourselves, actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's interesting because Laurent is a theatrical actor, a mm-hmm. theater actor, and I am a film and TV actor. Mm-hmm. And um, the second topic is identity and ego. Mm. And the third topic is connectedness, connected to ourselves, connected to others, connected to nature. So let's start with the first one, entertainment and the arts. Mm. What, why have you decided to like create a life in the arts? Mm. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, uh, mm. I, I, mean, yeah. I know for me, like it's just because it's the only time I feel like I'm living. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think that... I think art teaches us how to live in a very deep way. And I do try and apply what I learn in art to my life so that my life becomes art. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So I think that more people should be doing artists. And there's a difference, I think, between professional artists and human beings who just all need art in their life i think okay because art is not it's not necessary for survival it's not like okay we're in the woods we have no clean water in that sense like we're not gonna go oh okay what's the play uh, what's a play we could go see right now you know or like what about soul survival that's what it is that's what art is art teaches people how to live right it, yes. it, it uh, allows us to access what um, our survival instincts can't really um, tap into always I think it allows us to go beyond the thinking mind into like a deeper mind so some people call that the soul or the heart or you know um, your spirit mm-hmm. your, your do you chakra call it, or whatever that's what you call it what do you I don't, I don't, re- I don't like to give it titles, titles either so uh I think it's up to each and every person to experience what the the universe has and um, it's up to them to decide what, what they want to call it 
but also, you know, even calling it something is, is um, I think it, it's like... A, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. Yeah. yeah. It's it bigger can make than sense. us. Exactly. It can make sense without labels. Yeah. You said that you used art as a form of like really living yeah. as an artist. How? How? What, what, what happened? So, yeah. Uh, uh, like most actors, I went to theater school uh, at Dawson. And um, in my first year at Dawson, I went into a deep depression um, and, uh, I, it was, it was a very difficult place for me to be at the time. I felt very alone. A lot of people in my life were leaving from it, like either through, you know, being broken up with or, or friends that, you know, I lost and, uh, people, family members dying and a mm -hmm. lot of different things that were happening at the time that were tough. And uh, I felt very alone, and um, it was um, it was um, art that really, you know, being at theater school and having um, an amazing teacher, uh, Fred Ward, who uh, I was talking to you about before, yeah. um, who is this um, text teacher, this acting teacher at Dawson, <clears throat> who um, really took me under his wing and. Um, you know, showed me that, that that there's more to life than just the pain. There's more to life than just, you know, um, what society tells us. And that art is the greatest gift that someone can receive. And it's also, uh, for professional artists, I think it's the greatest responsibility. And that's why I believe that, you know, the content that we do or the whatever you want to call it the plays we do or the movies we make yeah. or the paintings we paint yeah they uh, make a huge difference in people's lives and so it can't be um, you, you need to work on your craft so that it ends up being something that can really affect people can save a life can save as a life. drastic as that sounds yes. like it can yes and art saved my life writing actually in a big way writing uh, i started writing in my first year writing um, plays or writing anything journal entries mostly poetry, uh, poetry and then that turned into my first plays and then um that turned into screenplays stories um whole bunch of different stuff um but mostly uh poetry and plays and um yeah after dawson i went into uh, concordia and that's where i fell in love with um writing and because i went to a, a playwriting program mm. so um yeah i mean the i think that theater is kind of um an art form that encapsulates um all the arts because you know you can find dance in it yeah you can find um stage production stage yeah costume design exactly so there's material that's mm -hmm. being used the human experience is there too, yeah. you know, and it's in a live setting, which I think is rare that people are experiencing something live these days, especially because, you know, even this is it's not live be for a, us. It's live for us, but, but it's, it's not, not live. live. And them. even if it were being projected live, yes. you can't sense the room. You can't feel the emotion no. and, and hear <coughs> the vibe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. And um, it, it, for you, what is your 
what do you want to immerse yourself in? Is it the playwriting? Is it everything theater? Do you have like a, an idea of the perfect job? Mm. Um, or is it just every day touching little things of theater that you're happy with? I think it's it's touching things of, okay. of stories too. It's telling stories, right? So whatever that that means, I want to live my life not based on my job, but based on the life that I'm living. So the relationships I have are so important. The the impact I have on my community, on yeah. my society, on that one person in the audience or that one person who sees a film I was in or um, I've recently done stand-up, the one person who really likes that joke and <laughs> likes it so much that it strikes something inside them that's something that's true, you know? Like, I think that that makes a a huge um, difference in their life and in yours and in mine yeah that connection that we have like we complete you, something in each other yeah and if you're on stage and you make a joke let's say yeah. and it there's pin drops nobody laughs except for that one person mm. how do you feel inside good i feel really? good even if no one laughs, <laughs> oh yeah because um, it's funny in your heart it's it's funny in my heart i i think that for me, I've done. I've been doing stand up for just recently a few months, um, and I love it because it's terrifying. Like, like everyone, like who's never tried it knows. Like everyone who's done it knows. It's it's an art form that's um, sadly under respected and yeah. underappreciated. But it because is it's so, so important. It's so hard, and I yes. think it's so saturated. Yes. Like, there's so many people and unfunny people well, doing it. Because so. they don't know it's craft, Exactly. Too. They to think that practiced. anyone can just, like, walk up there, no. tell a couple jokes, maybe put on a couple accents, yeah. and then they're good to go. Yeah. But it's just not the truth. Like, no. you need to be an actor. You need to understand this is an art form. Yeah. And I think that's why stand-up is under-respected. Yeah. Because it's taken as a joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is the joke of it. Yeah, but to me, the, the key word in... Um, Stand-up comedy is stand-up. And it was actually a, a comedian here in Montreal. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting his name, but it was... Not a, Sugar Sammy? No, it was a, a guy who goes to a lot of open mics, and he's like an underdog. He's oh, okay. super good. Okay, and he yeah. does this joke about the the qualities of pasta, uh, spaghettini being the absolute worst, worst. pasta. Okay. And then he said he, like, he... he, um, he put them all on a chart based on like what their the quality of them and all that and okay. he was so obsessed with it and I was laughing boss I think I was like the only one who's really laughing because he was so passionate about this but then he said um this one thing where um he, he was like stand up is about standing up for something it could be as trivial as like talking about the quality of pasta and then for me, like I, I read mm. into it and found a deeper meaning wow, for me that so like true. when I stand up and I go and take the mic and I say something, I'm trying to say, what's my take on it? You yeah. Know, what's my take on life? What's, what are the things I, I see? And, and to me, I, I'm realizing too, and I, I hear this from all the comedians too, who, who do succeed. It's have a perspective about something, you know, find what makes you what what how do you see the world and share that with the world don't try and be inauthentic don't try and be special and try and you know do what others 
want of you or what you think what they you want. What you think they want of you. Give yeah. them yourself and that will be enough. You know, that's strong enough. Then that, that creates a lot of controversy though if the person doing stand-up comedy is going against the grain and has mm. really controversial, controversial opinions. Controversial yeah, of course. What happens then? Should they still be as respected if what they mm. think is really not okay? Mm, yeah. Well, that's that's tough too, cause like, what is okay? What is you know, okay? Too, well, like, I mean, like things that are just not okay. I like know, you know, I know, like no, being course. racist is not okay. Yes. Being ageist, sexist, yes, I agree. Homophobic, like. I think it's it's tough because <clears throat> art, it, art is like therapy to some people. So I think the people that have those kinds of you know opinions and stuff like that, you don't you don't you don't you're not born racist. You're not born ageist. You're not born sexist. It's patterns and behaviors that we learn from like society. Yes. And from our surrounding and stuff like that. And so it's hard. I, I try, um, I really try not to judge people. And especially like in my profession, you can't. So I like when I catch myself judging someone, I really go, wow, that's my thinking brain trying to box them in. Yeah. But really, like the people who, who are violent or with their words or their actions. Yes it's it's not it's not it's it's violence that they're self-inflicting you know like but it could be hurting other people it, it does yeah. it does and I, i'm not saying that it's okay mm -hmm. that what they do what i'm saying is that if they're they're willing to hurt someone else like that they're hurting themselves just as much or worse so i think it's important to have empathy for those people I think but my question is more for like the people in the audience who, yes. who don't have that <clears throat> outlook because you have a very wise outlook right now yes. of empathy and understanding and it comes from having wisdom, from going mm. through things and understanding that, you know, these people exist. Mm. It's for the people who don't have that filter, who are looking, sitting in the audience being like, oh my God, mm. why is this person literally attacking me? Yeah. Like yeah. sitting here with a different skin color or sitting here as a gay person, whatever, being like... Mm -hmm. This this person needs to get off the stage now. Like, where is that fine line between like allowing these people to like speak yeah. their mind, live their truth, their authenticity? Yeah, it's weird. I think what's being done here in Montreal. I don't know about other cities and yeah. stuff like that. Neither but do I. A lot know. of this, a lot of the shows that I've been going going to, and and uh, the 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 good ones, the the really good ones that people keep coming out and going to see is in stand up. This is different from theater, but um, is that the organizers are making an effort to make sure that the comedians know that uh, it's an inclusive space, that stand-up comedy is about making people f like forget the problems of the world yeah. and laugh about life and enjoy and leave not heavy or disturbed yeah. Dis or offended. Yes, but then there's another thing, censorship. Mm. How mm. much do you want to censor? And everyone is yeah. so offended these days. Yes. That's, so then it's like yeah. a balancing act. How but much can we really say? The thing is, they're not going to kick out the comedian that, like, you know, makes a joke about people who wear green shirts, you know? Like, like I'm sorry to the people with green shirts <laughs> who feel offended when they talk about people with green shirts, yeah. you know? It's like there's only a limit as to which it's it, it it's it's not censorship when it when it comes into systemic racism or something like that or insulting a culture or an identity yeah that 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 people have no choice over or that um i recently learned from um an, an improviser um 
this concept that comedy it's okay to punch up but it's not okay to punch down oh i like that it's a really good concept that's that cool because you can laugh about donald trump because he's at the top yeah make jokes about him you can do that because he's at the top if you make a joke about him you know like oh donald trump and his fake hair that's fine you know yeah because you know at the end of the day he's going to be still the president of the united states yeah you know for her forever how long oh, or whatever not, not forever. forever but for, <laughs> for you know for the time for the being. time being but like if you do a joke about someone who comes from a lower class or from a different race than yours or or from a different culture then it's it, it that's punching down because it's you know it's it's the the pyramid of power is different you know yeah well especially us with privilege yeah that's it no I, white humans yeah white humans yeah i mean yeah definitely in the society that we live in we that there exists that privilege and i'm fully aware of that and that that's also one of the big reasons why it's important to create something that's meaningful with the stories that we tell you know and um, why it's important to make um, connections in the job that we have yeah because I it's about being inclusive of all peoples so that we're and, we realize we're all part of this like this circle of people yeah and people want to know that you're <clears throat> an okay person yes like if they're taking you on their project which is normally just like spawned from your idea it's your baby yeah. you want to make sure that people that you know will respect that project and yeah. not like try to steal the ideas or just reflect it in a, in a negative light. Yeah. Or even that you think about the audiences too. Yeah. Like for plays, like accessibility is a big thing. Yes. Uh, I recently, uh, like, you know, uh, a, a year or two ago, I taught for two years, I taught um, improv to the blind. Oh, wow. And that blew my mind and like opened my eyes, pun intended. Wow, that's crazy. Because I realized so much of theater and improv is so visually dependent you know we we just go like i opened a door you know but like you don't say i opened a door but like now our listeners know i'm doing I'm the action of opening a door but now like i'm walking three steps yeah you that's say it. like yeah so, so i'm walking I had to over to the counter rethink about how do you make theater accessible to people who have different abilities wow you know so like um and i've been uh, i've had the chance to, to to work with like a lot of different people from different um communities and different abilities and and uh, i think it's really important as an artist to experience that and to and to look at who 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 is surrounding you? Who's creating the art? How can you make it a more inclusive space? How can you make these stories about a deeper humanity than beyond what's already being projected by mass media? Okay. You know? And, and then once you, if you do end up in mass media, how do you change what's going on in the, you know, the bigger productions and Do you stuff think like that, that there needs changing? I think the change is happening. I, what I, kind of change? From what to what? I think, I think, uh, well, obviously, you know, most of, you know, um, because I feel like the mass media, you know, messages, like yeah. every Disney movie mm -hmm. 
is so beautiful to me, the mm. messages that they push. Yeah. So what needs changing? I feel like everything that needs to be said, the, the morals, the ethics of mm. what they're trying to say, it's there. I agree. And I think that in, in a big way, um, you know, um, the greatest storytellers have always been telling the same story. Yeah. And if anything, you know, every story is the same story. Yeah. You know, in a in a very ethereal yeah, kind of I know, see that. encapsulating way. Yeah. When we tell a good story, it resonates with us. We don't know why it does, but it does. And often like even like for Disney, it's all like it follows this structure, this kind of hidden, you know, structure, this hidden sort of wavelength. Yeah, the plot that we feel. Yeah, I, I agree. And that we follow. And so, yes, it doesn't matter at the end of the day who the characters are or where it is or what it's about, it, but it matters why is it pulling us in and what does it do to yeah. us? What does it do to an audience? And, but in our day and age, it does matter because representation is very important and yeah. accessibility is very important because there's a lot of people who've been forgotten on the margins of society, you know, and like the experiences of someone who's blind or someone who who has difficult movie, like mobility issues, yeah. like in Montreal, the, the, the city of the worst winters, you know, like your, yes. your life is a little more difficult. And so, you know, you can't expect someone to walk up like 30 steps if they can't do that. Yeah. You can't expect, you know, you know, the deaf community to come and see your show if there's not an ASL night, you know, or if there's, if there's not ASL every night, you know, wow. an ASL interpreter, which slowly but surely now. American Sign Language. American Sign Language, yeah. Um, you know, like. Are you doing that in your theater community? Do you guys have like this accessibility? I think I think it's Montreal. It's it's they really are pushing for it, okay. and it's it's on all fronts too. It's like really like from who's working on it to who's coming to see the show, okay. and how can we make you know theater more um, touch people? Because I think in this time of a lot of fear and a lot of doubt because of all this information we're being blasted into our brains every day because of social media that's like you know the world's ending you know um that's why it keeps broadcasting right the world is ending do you think you know life is over you need to be (laughs) successful now that i agree with but the world is ending well you mean like global warming and stuff like that but yeah polarized caps yeah yeah okay yeah but there's it it, and it goes in phases right because there's like people oh my god north korea then they were like oh no it's it's gone but then something else yeah you know it's always there's always the threat but that's the thing is people are so attached to this life experience that they're like I have to reach 95 years old and have like the kids, the, the grandchildren, white picket fence. fence, the beautiful career that everyone will go, wow, wasn't they? They want to be remembered, the right? They, they, want, to be they remembered. want the people to look at them like yes, they're successful. Exactly. They don't even care about the success. They don't want They just want the the visual of yeah. being successful. And also, it's, it's good that you notice that. It's well, of course. Other people noticing you, but like... But rarely the internal do, exactly. happiness of course yeah the look inside yeah that you do yourself yeah. yeah yeah that's huge i but you know what's funny about that is because 
I care about film and TV so much yes. because it lives forever. Why? Because mm. I want other people to see me oh, 1,000 sure. years down the line. So yeah. it, going on that, like doing film and TV, doing these podcasts, being part of a screen mm. makes me internally happy because I know that I'm creating a legacy. Mm. So I think of like you and I think of like your theater experience mm. and I'm like, how could he give so much of himself like pour out his emotions on a stage in front of people like yes these 20 people or even 200 or even 1000 people amazing they got to experience you but what the hell what's next I, I feel like I'd be like, if there's not a camera filming me and what I'm going through, it's yeah. not worth it. Why do I feel like that? No, I understand completely. It's, I think, I think it's, it's both mediums have their powers and, and for sure films, like the fact that it can stay around Forever. for so long. It's immortal. But As of nothing today, is immortal. But you don't know. Nothing is immortal though. The, I feel like the internet is this cloud that's Nothing just is going a, to live forever. Yeah, no, you, you're you're right. And I don't it, want to be right. I just feel like it is that right now. Right, no, it, yeah. It, yeah, you might be right, you might be wrong. But yeah. Y- yeah. Um, I think film has that power, but um, the reason why I can push myself to do theater and give it all f- yeah. for like weeks on of rehearsal to just do one night for one person and make a difference in their life. It's because it's it's like life, you know. Life is, it, there's a beginning and an end, and it's like that's it, and you only have one chance, and it's it's gonna be what it is. You're gonna forget lines. You're gonna mess up. You're gonna you're gonna laugh when you were supposed to cry. You're gonna do this you're gonna do that yeah there's someone's there's there's gonna be a cell phone there's gonna be something i think you just said something that hit me right now and mm-hmm. that's like i'm forgetting about the one person behind the screen mm-hmm. i'm forgetting that there there are real life people being yes. affected by this and you are just seeing it yes giving that performance and touching one person yeah like that is what that's what matters yeah that's what i'm trying to do it's just that i i'm like blinded by the screen factor yeah exactly it's it's tough because in theater, you really do have the meeting with your viewer. Exactly. After the show, there's normally very, like... I think, almost part of the ritual of theater, which is the meeting of the audience. Yes, that's while, the best part. Well, but I do love what social media is doing because it does put you in, in a certain sense in contact with your viewers yeah. in a huge new way, which is like, you know, amazing. Yeah. But it's it doesn't, future. it doesn't, yeah, but it doesn't, uh, I know not yet it doesn't yeah it doesn't yet bridge that gap that you know in theater where you're living that piece together the audience is breathing with you at the same time crying feeling all this stuff with you at the same time and then getting the instant feedback Mm -hmm. after the show which is called a what it's called something. It's not a. It's not a vernissage. Obviously, it's called something. Like a the after show. Like a talk back. Yeah. After no, it's a called show. something. I'll I'll look it up later. But, yeah. um, the instant feedback and like literally mm. looking into their eyes, being like, yeah, you changed me, my thoughts when you said this line, yeah. or when you broke down crying, I cried with you, and it was really amazing. Thank you so mm. much. That must be so worth it in the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that 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 that's what is a big part of, of the actor's job is to do that so that we can affect someone on that level. Yeah. For sure. What is it that you get from theater then? Um, it's, as I 
to go back to the point I made a while back, it's like practice for life. Practice so for life, for real life. It allows me to open up my empathy. It allows me to make decisions and choices and think about objectives and think about, you know, what am I doing here? What do I want? Yeah. Who I'm am the I? Motive. Am I helping someone? Am I hindering them? And I'm really allowed to enter a story <clears throat> in a very visceral way more than once and not worrying about angles or where like well for film and TV if you're lucky oh, you angles, have yeah. you have time to develop characters and you have time to be in it yeah. but sometimes I find you're really rushed for time so you have to like just like hit your mark say your lines while for theater you you do really get to delve into the meaning of what yeah. you're doing why you're doing this who or you are and and then you get to live it with someone and you get to live it more than once hopefully you know over and over, over and, and over, over and over again and you but get does to, that get long no because it's, it's different new every, every time it's new every yes. day yeah that's what it's all about yeah 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 and working together i agree yeah, with you that so like, collaborative. it's really about I mean, the empathy yeah. and like understanding what you want from your partner and what yeah. do they want from you yeah I love that. Let's get into our second topic, yeah. which is uh, identity and ego. Mm -hmm. How do you find you look at humans? <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I think I, I think everyone looks at humans differently, of course, depending on the human. But I think I try and keep my eyes open so that I can really see. Um, the light that's within each that's person. Important. And I think that relating back to acting and theater is like, I am, I'm able to practice that openness of seeing the, the person for who they are and not projecting, um, projecting onto them what they could be, you yeah. know, like, or like, what you want them to be. Exactly. Like, Oh, yeah. this person is this for me or, you know, like, like if you see someone who's homeless, you like you immediately have all this baggage of like society going. They're dangerous. They might be yeah. on drugs. They're they're they might have mental illness. But you might even money. like maybe that taxes. person is not even homeless too. So that's the that's what I try and do is I catch myself when I see and make judgments. So I that's really so try important. and look at each person without judgment. But you're looking at your own thoughts, which is a higher level of yes. thinking. You have to. A lot of people don't know how to do that. That's freedom. That's it, freedom. It's not just freedom, but it's self-awareness. Yes. And why do you think, do you think that people are self-aware in society today? Um, I don't know. I think, I think we all are in a certain way. There's just different levels. I think oh, a lot of people are... Are, I think a lot of people are actually very self-aware, especially in a generation that's the selfie generation of picking people. yourself apart. Yeah, too, so they're very aware judging. of the self. You mean right? the, the outer self? The outer self. The yeah, outer the, self. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I and they, so they're they're hearing these voices and they're like, oh, they they're they're talking to themselves, but they don't realize, you know, that that they're in control. You know, they feel like, oh, life is like this and, you know, like, yeah. uh, everything sucks. You know, I can't control it, you know? Yeah. And they don't realize that they're the one inside saying, I can't control it. And then therefore life is like, okay, I'm going to handle, I'm going to 
shove a bunch of stuff on you that you can't handle, you know? And then you're forced to handle it. Yes. And you're forced to learn the hard way. Yes. But then people do wake up and realize, yeah. oh my God, I am the master of my own life. Yes. And that that is when the work begins, I think, mm. for for someone to really experience life. Is that once you're aware... It's it's kind of like the person who who the, the 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 story of the guy who comes out of the cave, you know, um, Plato or something. Oh like that, yeah, I love goes that. Goes outside of the cave, sees mm. the light, and sees that you know all these people like he's been chained and looking at this wall full of shadows, and they everyone thinks that that's the what truth, life, that that's life. life. Is, yeah. And he went and saw that there's light out there, and that's where it is. And he goes back and he he tries to convince them, and that's his job at that point. Yeah. Cause you know, because of peer pressure, he could easily put back his shackles on and then stare at it and pretend he does pretend because that person will know that there is, you know, there is truth somewhere yeah. else or that there's, there's at least a deeper awareness, yeah. not necessarily truth because, you know, truth is so Subject- well, subjective yeah. too. And it's, it's, you know, everyone has their own <laughs> experience of what this is, you know? So, um, Yeah. I think that it's our job once we become aware to share that awareness and to act with awareness. To share that awareness, but to not project like, oh, you should be more no. self-aware. No, 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 because then that would then you've lost it already. You've exactly. lost the awareness that you know it's up to them. But I and I'm guilty of this 100. percent You know, <laughs> I feel yeah. like I have dug so deep into myself and into like people's minds and into like life and trying to understand this is Mm. the whole point is like trying to understand Mm. but it's hard when there's nothing to understand Mm. but when you feel like you've found like an inkling of understanding then you want to give that inkling to someone else and you're Mm. like here look at what i understand 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 too yeah and then it's like shit but now i'm like fucked because you're like, no, I'm not trying to make you understand. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. I, do know <laughs> I don't you're know saying. if the podcast listeners yes. understand. But once you become self-aware, you want that for others. Yes. But then it defeats the whole purpose of just letting people be and letting them go yeah. on their own journey and finding yeah. it themselves. I think, yeah, I think it's about, and, and I was lucky, like I mentioned before, Fred Ward really helped me find that awareness. How did he help you he without pushing he, it on you? He didn't push me. He, okay, so. You can, you can, I think you can leave clues. You can oh, hint you can at guide things. People. You know, people, that's a tough thing too. There's a lot of people who become really enlightened and then people just label them as crazy or, you know, <laughs> yeah. as like, you know, you don't understand or that's a crazy or illogical way of thinking um do you have like, an example like jim carrey like everyone thinks he's I think crazy he is now woke. He's i think he's woke hell. he's yes. woke dude yes. he, wow he he said yeah. something that someone actually said on a podcast i think it was like soup dev anyways jim carrey said that um happiness comes when you realize that you've taken off you know, you're unhappy when you're wearing a mask because mm-hmm. you feel like you're wearing a mask. So take off the mask and you'll find happiness. Something along those lines. I might be butchering the quote, mm-hmm. but he is woke. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I see what you mean. But yeah. like the immediate reaction that Hollywood um, entertainment tried to project onto him when he was like in an interview once 
was that he had lost his bananas. Exactly, yeah. lost all bananas. <laughs> um, so, like, I but I as as most people who feel like they're self-aware and feel like they're woke, you know, they they can recognize that that you know that he's awoken to a, a deeper sense of things. But the thing is, if you tell, if you give everyone the answers, they're not going to go and actually find it. They're not actually going to experience something um, that's Life a revelation. Altering. Yeah, Life exactly. altering. Yeah. I think that the, the greatest teachers realize that it's up. You should just point or, or give clues. And then once they f- the, the student finds it on their own and you know, goes, oh my God, I'm smart. Oh my God, I'm aware. Oh my God, I'm awoken. Then that's your job. Your job isn't to push them. Your job is just to point and, and, and say, it's somewhere that way. And then leave it up to them. Okay. And that's the thing that's the toughest because you want... To give the answer. And once you're aware, all you want to do is like save the world and spread it yeah. and just just do that. And like, like it seems obvious to you. Yeah. But before you, before you were felt that way, before you were self-aware... It didn't seem that obvious, yeah. right? And so you have to remember and have empathy again See, to yeah. everyone who's like in layers of, of non-awareness, Awareness. you know, that you just have to be patient. What did Fred give you, your teacher? How did he point you in the direction and what happened to you? Do you remember the moment that like it changed for you where you were like, wow, I actually can say that I'm finally happy. I'm actually not depressed anymore. What, like what happened? Hmm. I think that a lot of people want the instant solution, but okay, I think so it's, it's a patient thing. Okay. It was a slow thing where it, it, it took a lot of work to, to become um, in a state of, I would say, somewhat peace and relative happiness um, um, that I experienced today. But um, mainly it was, it was a slow and patient work. You know, and it was time. It's being about patient and and giving yourself the time to experience life and not rush to the finish line. There's no finish line. And you felt that there was before. Yes, I think so. I think like a lot of people who aren't self-aware think it's a race, right? For what? The rat race. The rat rat race? race. It's success. It's money. It's it's fame. It's you know it's making a difference and like you know getting a lot of like money or followers or or uh or likes or tweets or yeah you know it's all these like uh quantifiable um, measures of success. measures of success but once you can't quantify it and you can feel it yes that's where i think that's priceless yeah exactly the, like life could end uh, tomorrow and i'd be happy i don't know life if i'd end. be happy <laughs> like now but i, I see what fine. you mean but like so then are you are you scared of death? I think it's important to have a healthy fear of it, but I think it's important to have also a very like um an a, a friendship with it in a sense too. It's like Oh god. Death I think is is the beginning of something else. It's I the like only that. thing is that's also it's the only thing in life that can be perfect. It's when the circle closes, right? So it's even we experience a deaths in many things at the end of this podcast it will be the death of this episode 
But we don't But what gets me it. through it is that I'm like, you know, he will be back. In oh, my, yes. I trick myself. <laughs> right, yeah, I yeah. trick myself in a way. I'm not saying that you won't be back, but I say like, you know, it's okay. He's not yeah. going to die. No. He's going to come back for a second yeah. episode. And that makes me feel good because if I were to know that mm. this would be the only last time yes. that I would interview you, I would yeah. have an insane amount of anxiety. Yeah. And I'd be like, you know, I need to squeeze his mind for all the juices of what he knows yeah. so we can like give his mind to the world because he won't be back because this will mm. be the death of him but why, so, why 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 are you worried why are you anxious it makes it? me worried because you don't want things to die you don't want it to be the end i hate endings but, but endings they're... also carry a lot of meaning and i think it's tough it's really tough because i think there's a there's a sort of in some endings you know we we cry we feel <clears throat> like if we watch a movie it's over and we go oh, wish it could go on forever or you know but then all the same thing too like with with people you know someone passes away you're like i needed them for longer i wanted them longer yeah but then there's other people too where like they've battled you know disease or cancer or whatever and they, it, it, for too long and they suffer and you and then they die and then you're like finally you know too. you're out of pain yeah yeah. But then that's the same thing, I think, yeah. with, with our own lives. We have to treat it that way, too, because... But then that's like saying we're in pain. The, no, we're, we're, pain is part of life, too. Yeah. Pain is not something that we should avoid. Pain is something we should lean into when it happens. Experience the pain. Like I'm picturing cutting off my finger, cutting well, onions. Don't, don't... Lean into it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, don't, oh, yeah, you don't have to... This is a beautiful make, moment. You don't have to make it every, every moment, like like... That, that that intense. <laughs> if you want, you can. You can go like, wow, this is what it feels yeah. like. But at some point, it would be good to cover it unless you <laughs> want to make, you know, but th that could be like, you know, we don't know. Like maybe a monk cut himself. He's like, mm, this is how I die. And he like lets go and that's fine. That, like, it's, but I think our natural instincts would be like, okay, no, exactly, no. Exactly. Like, because that's... Save ourselves. But that's it. We yeah. are both... We are both you know, very animalistic yes. in some senses. And then in some senses, we're aware. But the thing is, too, like, what is that? What, it's what the is metaphysical. That yeah, exactly. It's the it's the untouchable. Exactly. The unseen, the unknown. Exactly. And I think that there's something really exciting about that. And I think that death kind of releases whatever that's inside the energy that's inside people. And it brings them back into that source, like reincarnation. I don't. I don't know if it's reincarnation because okay. I think I don't know. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know. The, I think also too another thing I learned from Fred: the more you know, the less you know, which is actually a beautiful thing yeah. because the less you know, the more you have to learn. And I think. I've, I'm a very curious person. I think it's important to develop curiosity. Yeah. Because the moment you learn something is like, it feels so good. Yeah. It's like, it's it's enlightening. You feel lighter. Yeah. You feel you know, lighter. You feel better, and you know you feel like you're you're headed somewhere that's not the end. It's somewhere else. New. Somewhere new. Yeah. You know. So, I don't know. That's cool. Yeah. What do you think about ego? Like, what is ego to you? How do you, how would you define that? Uh, um, 
I didn't do enough uh, psychology classes, so I don't really know the but definition. But in, in your head, in your Ego. head, what is it to you? Not a freaking Merriam-Webster definition. Uh, it's... To me, I would say that it's um, the thought. It's your brain. It's mm. like the thought of. Yeah. So it's not you, but it's the thought of you. Yeah. Or it's not uh, this water bottle, but it's the thought of the water bottle. Like... Oh, I think this water bottle's cool. Just me saying that is ego, rather mm. than just like drinking from the water bottle without right. even thinking about it. I think right. it's thought of. Mm. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with that. That it's like the thinking mind that's trying to sort of control a lot of the experience. So I think a lot of people are are not the drivers of their own lives. They're not like really in control of it, and it's you know it's the ego that's driving. And they're watching, but they don't know they're watching. It's like that Ooh. weird episode of um, uh, Family Guy. I'm gonna spoiler alert, but if you've seen Black Mirror, Black Mirror, yes. There's an episode <clears throat> where someone gets transferred inside the guy's mind, and uh-huh. she's watching him live the life, and she can't do anything. All she can do is just watch. Whoa. She's watching the whole life being lived. And it's not her own, but she's watching it. That's that's and that's how up. I feel like a lot of people are. I think a lot of people are watching themselves do stuff. Wow. And I think that ego is that force that the thinking mind has developed to survive. So the so ego protects that, us. In, in that sense. situation of like the person's driving yeah. and the one is watching, the one that's watching is like the soul. The yeah. one that's like, can we just live? Yeah. It's, and then the yeah. driver is like the ego. Like, yeah. Where are we going today? What are we yeah. going to do? And then the soul to... That, that's the thing that's, that, that we'll never know the answer, I think, is the soul feels connected to everything, right? It feels connected to, you know, uh, people, yeah, uh, yeah. to animals, to nature, to, to anything. Yeah. It feels connected to things, to yeah. everything. And so to me, that idea, the, the reason why I think we feel that connection to so much is because it's part of the energy that's in everything. And that's why I don't feel so sad when people, well, I feel sad and I mourn people as they pass and stuff yeah. like that. But there's a slight happiness to that, you know, that being released back into that is okay. beautiful because I think that energy then comes and nourishes you, you know, okay. and nourishes me, you know, in our art, in what and we lives do. And on through us. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For the last couple of minutes before I get into my final two questions for every podcasty, uh-huh. uh, we wanted to touch on the last topic, which is connectedness. And I feel like we have th- this has been the theme, yeah. being connected to ourselves and others. Um, what makes you feel connected? Mm. Are there practices that you do to make you feel more grounded? Um. I do a lot of writing, writing. so I write um, at least like an hour a day. Whoa, that's a lot. Uh, yeah. Like but, on the on the computer or with hand, uh, handwriting? Depends. Because um, handwriting for an hour a day, that's like hard. <laughs> I have notebooks, like but muscle. sometimes when I don't have a notebook, I write in my phone, uh, but I try and collect it all on my computer afterwards. So really? I, I do, and then I print the, the stuff that I write, and I work on different projects um, I work on a lot of different projects and 
I work on in very different spheres of art, um, both as a teacher, as an actor, a writer, a director, a coach, um, a stand-up comedian. I, I love to paint. Yeah, uh, you're a painter now. You know, I painted this to be or not to be. To be or not thing. to be, yeah. Um, and I think that, I think there's that, 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 that nourishes me by doing so many different things. It's like, it's kind of like a tree. It's like, oh, it's dripping. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it lives on. It moves without us even knowing. Um, so, one of the reasons why I do so so many different things is because I think I, I think it really nourishes me, and it nourishes like when I do work in acting, it, it helps my writing. Mm-hmm. When I write, it helps my uh, my acting. Uh, uh, when I do stand up, it helps me with my teaching. All the different things they kind of nourish each other, and um, I think that they're they're all connected. And that the daily practice of writing really kind of allows me to put to paper what remains of it, what um, what I am, what am I holding on to with my thinking mind, what am I experiencing too, you know, and. Um, it, it also pro- it also becomes a record kind of like this podcast yeah. is a record that that can carry on and it can stay until the the paper rots or until you know the internet collapses it and won't. all the documents go away you know don't say that <laughs> it could. my life work but it could but happen think, it could happen but i think too the the life the life's work you're doing is in this room too and you're saying it before like how no one will get to experience what we're experiencing today right exactly. now. Exactly. And I think that that's beautiful and that you should also see that as your work is so meaningful because the I feel very grateful that you brought me in here and I, I feel got to so meet you and I got to talk really. The, in, the feeling is mutual. You know, so. Because that's another form of connection. Exactly. It's like opening yourself up to these different experiences. Yeah. What would you say to someone who feels very disconnected to society, to themselves? Like if they're like depressed or something? Just disconnected. A lot of people mm. feel like they're on autopilot. A lot of people mm. feel like, you know, they wake up, cool, gonna live my day. Yeah. What would you say to someone that needs to be more connected and alive? Um, I would say uh, just... It's tough because it depends on the person. Yeah. I think that when you're in that period of, of disconnection or or depression or it's it's like the body is in this you're in a you're in a period where your mind is in like deep rest. It's like depressed. It's deep rest. Whoa. You know? It's like it's in this sort of state where it's sleeping. So it needs this time. And so maybe your experience of life is that. And that's that's also tough for for people who are empathetic. Yeah. Is to watch people who their life is gonna be asleep the whole time. Exactly. Or they're destroying their life or their body or other people. And you know, it's like Because they know no better. Exactly. They don't know how to get out of it. And so to to the there there is no answer that we can provide to them but we can allow them the comfort to know that you know that it's okay 
to experience a life that way and that your life is as meaningful as someone else's as someone who looks more successful than you that once you become okay with your life that you can start living with meaning and even if it's too late if you can at least say okay this is what it was or this is what it is that's fine and i think that that could actually be the first step towards it getting better better because um that's true i think a lot of people try and get to the state where they're like high performing and you know like um uh, billionaires and like they're known all over the world because that's what's been shown as success yeah you know but really i think it's about being okay with where you are now and then once you're okay with now then just take one step at a time one step at a time one step at a time and it doesn't even have to be towards mount everest it could be be to the side it could be a step to the side could be a step forward could be a step back could be a step step back to the diagonal it's whatever you want to do your experience is your own and i think it's 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 important to do what feels right to you and that that it's it's tough too because then you know like you know it's like what feels right to me is what like, feels right i'm gonna rob a bank <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? let's but, hope that's not the you know but case. like i think i think that uh, at the I, I at least i believe because i don't think it's something that i can quantify or quality yeah. you know like i can't pull up stats and be like oh yeah you know if the, you do this 98 of people are, are compassionate this, yeah. you know like it's like but i believe that essentially our soul as humans we are empathetic we are worth something and we have a story that needs to be lived yeah and sometimes it needs to be acted on stage sometimes it needs to be in a in a podcast it sometimes yeah. it's got to be you know what it's got to be it's got to be sung it's got to be written it's got you know you have to go to yeah. the distance of your life and not be worried the about the distance of your life that's beautiful yeah yeah you just got to do that do and, that and and also going on that like feeling connected mm-hmm. i feel like the disconnect happens when you don't feel like you have power mm-hmm. over change or if yeah. that's like something that you're striving for to change someone to help someone and you feel like you're so little and you're looking at the people at the top and you're like there's no way i'm going to get there yeah. just knowing that you're already above so many other people you already yeah. have so much privilege if yeah. you do and what will you do with that privilege and yeah. how will you make the world better with already what you have the roof over your head the pen the yeah. paper like it starts with the little little things exactly yeah okay so i have two fun final questions nice. and i love them so much cuz i love the responses so far that people have been giving mm-hmm. what would you pick as your superpower if you could have any superpower in the world oh now you're talking the to the hardest. nerd in me, though. Go, now, this is good. Oh no! Yes, I want to hear. Well, it's I, I have to share a story. Go. Can I share a story? Of course. All, all I've ever wanted to be was a superhero as a kid. You know, like, like most of us. And I, I, I know it's gonna happen, and I'm gonna be a superhero. Dude, in a do you movie know how many times? Sure. Do you know how many times I sit down trying yes. to move things with my mind? Oh yes. Like uh, on the daily. The waves are like, like I'm like it's yeah. gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> I know. I'm not joking. I'm but, not crazy either. No, no, no. 
I that's very normal actually I think uh, <laughs> maybe for us but um so yeah I I wanted I, I wanted to be Spider-Man my whole life okay the and, like the yeah coming out of the Spider-Man wrist, and the little webs yes so all all I wanted my I, this is with one of my ex-girlfriends I I asked her um, if I had a superpower what would it be right and she uh, I was like please say Spider-Man in my head. I was like, please say Spider-Man. Cause like, then it'll come true. That's it. Right. Cause she knows me. But then she said, passionate man. Like I'm so <laughs> passionate. And like, that is my superpower is like, I have a lot of passion. And so she was like, Oh, like I just <laughs> thought you'd be passionate. Man. That's cute. And it, if anything, that was very, uh, I was very touched by that. Now that thinking back at it, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, that would probably be my superpower. And, and be, what does that mean? What does that entail? Like, what just, kind of power? I would be able to awake the passion in yeah. everyone. Like, like that's the thing. You were saying people are disconnected. And, like, that would actually be a useful power. Awake a passion in someone. Make this world woke. Yeah. Because if you wake something that's, like, a passion, passion, like, changes the world. It makes that thing. Yeah. It it helps others, you know, it, it really, it moves things forward. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, it's kind of it's silly, cool. but that passionate, I guess, man. passionate man would be my, uh, I'm thing. like trying to picture like a costume. Yeah. I'm picturing like metallic purple with like a diamond aqua yeah. on your chest. P-Man. It's funny, actually. P. It's funny, actually, because I'm writing a screenplay about a totally different other superhero, but, like, it, it, Cone Man. Cone so, Man. Montreal superhero. Montreal but, superhero. So that, that, that's what I'm trying man. to be, is, is eventually, is a cone. I like Passionate Man. But, yeah, Passionate Man's pretty good. That I like the cool. costume idea, actually. You need to design yeah, it. Yeah, I that's will. That's pretty good. I will. With a cape. And the cape, the cape will be aqua blue Definitely. as well. Definitely. So <laughs> fabulous. Okay, the last question I have for you. Mm-hmm. What do you think the purpose of life is? Mm. <laughs> I love people's reactions. Just like so so nonchalant. Mm. The purpose of life is to be lived. That's it. I think it's as simple as that. It's it's whatever it's to live it, not just survive it. But what does that mean? What, isn't it the same thing, to survive no. and to live? No. You can survive your whole life and not have lived once. What, how do you define living? Living is when you're connected to your inner self, your outer self, and others. You know, you're really connected to everything. So I think finding that in your life is living. What is the purpose of living? Living. But why? It's as simple as that. There is no... I don't that think is, so, so when we're done, we're done? And I, we've done our time? I think so. I think no afterlife? No, like, rewards for having done good? I don't know. I think I think it's up to... Uh, I think that's, that's a different chapter. That's a different story. You so know? there is another chapter. I think so, because life doesn't end when someone dies. Life doesn't end when our dog dies. Life doesn't end when our cat dies. Life doesn't die when, you know, our favorite singer mm. or actor dies. So you're talking about life on a macro lens, not like a personal life. I think all of our or all of our lives are on a macro scale. Really? I don't think that I don't think that 
Um, I don't think. Yeah, it's like I think time is an illusion too. It's. I don't know. I think it's pretty measurable. Well, it's it, one of the things it is that... measurable if you measure it with science. Yeah. But if you measure it with spirituality, it's not. How do you measure time with spirituality? It doesn't. Ex- you just sit it's in just, it. It just time is is. Well, then you think about your physiological clock and when you have yeah, to go to bed and when you have sure. to wake up. For sure. But time keeps going on, right? And so the spirit isn't bound by time. Hmm. It's not bound by the physiological. It's not bound by science. Science. So spirit science keeps is living. A, science is also uh, it's it's a, it's a it's a religion too. We believe in science and its facts. But it is. So it's facts. Uh huh. But what's a fact? Well, a fact is in our physical light bulb. This uh-huh. is science, and it exists. Just like it's it has well, life. How, how do you know it exists? How do you know we're not in a simulation? How you. you know this is not this? How you know this is not heaven or that this is not hell? How you know that this is not afterlife? How you know you know we don't know anything? Yeah, because we don't remember what came before. Because we could have been someone else or a, a rock. Yeah. Or but but maybe maybe this is it. But I think. Maybe this is our last chance. Maybe this is it. Yeah. This is our seventh life out of our seven lives. Or maybe this is the first and this is the last. And that that that. So it's just to live it, just to live. Yeah. No, no higher purpose, no striving, no. No, just because to live it. To no, be. because I think there are too many, too many things in life that happen to others, or to, not to others, but to everyone, that are like so random. You know, like. A friend passing away all of a sudden, or a car crash, car crash yeah. or someone get like aneurysm. dying from a, an aneurysm. Yeah. Boom, they're dead. And it's like, what the fuck? What, why did that happen? Right? Yeah, the unexplainable. And I think that that's just life manifesting itself. It's going, blah, you know, blah blah. You know? <laughs> it's just killing people off. <laughs> you know, but You're it's done. not. It's not. That's it's, his video game I don't know self it, coming out like, <laughs> boo, 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 boo. Yeah, uh, but uh, no, I think it's just... It's just to be lived. It's just that. It's as simple as that. I think, yeah, there isn't... Uh, I mean, it's complex and simple because what I'm saying is very... sounds simple, but it's not. I know. I like you know? it. Yeah. Let's leave them with that thought. Yeah. Thanks, Laurent. Keep on living. Oh, keep on oh, living. Oh, we almost did yes! that! Yes! <laughs> Peace! Yeah. You!